Hi, I'm Katerina, and this is Sound Effects, a music and mental health podcast. I have often dreamed of a far-off place. Welcome back to Sound Effects Podcast. My guest in this episode is Jonathan Anthony of Britain's Got Talent 2012. You may remember his audition, which became the world's most viewed television audition of any performer in history. He released two best-selling albums with his singing partner Charlotte Giaconelli before becoming a solo artist and the youngest tenor to achieve a number one classical album. He's got a Christmas album out currently called Christmas Land, which is a selection of Christmas carols. He recently co-authored a children's book to overcome the effects of bullying, which he suffered himself growing up, and which we'll come to talk about. Jonathan will feature in an upcoming documentary called Anxious Nation. Because of his experiences with bullying, I interviewed him to talk about that, And also I wanted to talk to him anyway because he'd come through the TV route and usually my interviews up until now have been generally artists who have a rock and roll background and Jonathan's obviously got a very different background. But whatever your thoughts are on programmes like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, What's clear to me is that these artists are catapulted into fame really quite quickly. So within 24 hours of going on stage, sometimes these people, for a lot of them, they're going into their auditions with nobody knowing them and coming out of these auditions or within 24 hours of being televised and not being able to move for paparazzi and I figured that that's really got to take its toll on your well-being. Um, so I was really keen to speak to Jonathan about this, and I found this interview really touching, and it was a real privilege to speak to him, so I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hey! Hi, good to see you. Great to see you too. <laughs> so I, I'm aware you've got a new album out, it's your fifth album which is quite quite something, five albums in eight years. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's it sort of happened almost without me noticing it. It's, um, they, they just kind of pop out at a point. Yeah, I, uh, I took a little break. I, I didn't make an album from 2016 till now, so really, it's really, really cool to kind of get back in and record again, because I, I, I'm often asked, like, what do you prefer? Uh, recording or do performances. It's, it, it's such. It's like, what do you prefer, dancing or going to the moon? They're just they're, they're completely different things, mm. even though they are, you know, they're being done by a person. It's yeah. So getting back to being in the studio and performing alongside the the Royal Philharmonic as well is it's it's like an incomparable experience. It's mm. you could liken it to like a spiritual experience almost. It's um, mm. it's very very. Cathartic for me, I suppose you could say. Yeah, spiritual and cathartic. What do you find when you say cathartic? What do you find comes out 
it's it's the the essence of myself, kind of like um, <laughs> like a soul. It's, um, I after but you know four years of a life is is across the the great and incredible span of the universe. Perhaps it's a small blip, but in a life, it's it can be an eternity. So all of those experiences, all the the mistakes, the joys, the smiles, the laughs, the cries, they're all in there. It's yeah, an almost incomparable catharsis, I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yeah, because you're sort of talking about a whole lifetime worth of experience coming out in one. It's difficult to name it in just a sentence, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the essence of you. I liked what you said, that it's the essence of you. Yeah, yeah, it's... When, when someone listens to even just one song, I... Uh, all of the, all of everything that I am is there. Mm. It's I give, I give everything. I give the fullness of myself because mm. I love it. Because it's, it, it, again, it's the affecting people, being able to somehow make a difference in anyone's life mm. is enough for me. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine you do. I mean, do you get lots of um, comments, people co- like contacting you, and letters oh, yeah. and things? Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's, it, it never ends, and it's it's beautiful and tragic and heartbreaking at the same time. Because I get messages from people who, you know, say, just this April, I tried to, I tried to kill myself. Yeah. And like, what, what what can one say in in the face of such terror, such bravery? There are so many things that a person is, and for them to to come to you with that is it's humbling. It's it's many things. I'm just glad they're around. Yeah. Have you met any of them? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. um, that's like concert meet and greets. There, mm-hmm. are, there are people who have been around for since since the beginning, mm-hmm. since eight years ago. Yeah. And a lot of them, they've they've watched my struggles as much as I've watched theirs. Mm-hmm. It's this symbiotic relationship that that we all, this big group of people, mm-hmm. live and, and we we help one another. Mm-hmm. And it's it's bizarre and beautiful, like this strange family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard because you know you, you talk to someone online and then you meet them and you don't know you're not you're not even sure if it's them because you know you just you know the text and yeah it's 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 bizarre and great and to see the the words on 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 your screen made flesh is uh, yeah it, it it is like that it's like being a novelist it's like you've written this character almost and they've appeared in front of you to give you some great wisdom or knowledge about about yourself. And I find that's often what, what tends to happen when I'm around the people who cherish me, is I, I learn a great deal about myself. Mm. Mm. So really relational, really reflective, as you said, this word symbiotic, that you, you feed into them and they feed into you. And mm. <clears throat> I, think, I think that might be the nature of human interaction, mm. possibly. I think that we're all, like, there, there is no humanity without socialisation. Mm. We are very much, you know, born and bred on that ability to interact with one another. And so I think that understanding other people is most paramount yeah. in, in, a, in a person's life. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can begin to understand others, all, all things in this universe you may master. Mm-hmm. Well, you found that in music, it seems. You found that in, in your voice and in your singing. And I'm wondering when you noticed that? When did you first become aware that 
Well, A, that you had such a voice, and B, that you loved to sing. Just, I've always loved, I've loved a lot of things in my life. <laughs> Let's get broad. Okay. Um, it's, it just so happened that music stuck, is, is the, perhaps the simplest and, and most honest way that I can say it. Um, I've been interested in a lot of things. I, I, I continue to, to write little short stories to this day. Um, I, I play guitar. Um, that's my sort of secondary, just messing around instrument. So, as for the, the, the when did you discover this thing, this voice? I, I'm, I'm still waiting, in a way. Okay. <laughs> I, um, it's, you know, I, um, to me, I just, I just sing, and people, people, some people like it, some people don't, and that's fine. It's um, just what I like to do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't do it out of any necessity. Well, I do it any necessity of of burden, I guess. Like that, I'm burdened with this incredible thing, and I have to give it. To, no, it's it's. I'm burdened by the need. Not. I am driven by the necessity to to change the world. I guess mm. in whatever tiny little. Um, way that I can, mm. and it's, it's my thinking, therefore, that the only way that you can change the world is to influence people, is to speak to people and, and understand. Yeah, absolutely, and you have a huge platform now, and you know, one thing that struck me was reading that your, your it was your Britain's Got Talent audition has had 123 million views. Yeah. What's yeah, I, that I mean, yeah, at, at that point, how can how can you even think of that many people at, mm. at that time? I, I, it's too, you know, <laughs> I can hardly conceptualise that I exist, <laughs> let, let alone that, that many people. Mm. Um, even if even if it's just one guy watching it a uh, hundred million times, mm. it's the amount of, of time spent watching that video is probably many like hundreds of hours, maybe thousands. Mm. It's it's a baffling thing, mm. and um, for the most part, I, I guess it's 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 just this distant thing that exists, mm. and I'm I'm a product of it almost, mm. and it is a product of me. We're again this symbiosis. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, like it's it's the mythos that surrounds me, and mm. I'm just this guy. <laughs> and a and a very lovely one. <laughs> You're very lovely yourself. One thing that really. Um intrigues me and interests me is the way that things like Britain's Got Talent catapults people into fame. I'm really, really fascinated by that because presumably, I mean, obviously you were, you were always musical and you had this interest and, and, you, and you sang and then one day you do this audition with, with your partner Charlotte and the, the duo and what that does to you when one day you're walking into an audition on Britain's Got Talent and then as soon as it's aired, suddenly everybody knows who you are, you're splashed over the newspapers, your YouTube videos getting millions of hits. What does that do to you? Um, it's, it's very hard to say. The, the, the subconscious effects are, are something that I'm not sure I can speak to. For, for myself personally, I... I didn't. I didn't expect anything. Was was the the, the I suppose the, the priming factor, the thing that made me most ready. I, I expected nothing, and so when it sort of became everything, I um, I guess I was prepared in a, in a strange, in a very very strange and roundabout way. Mm. It's 
I was in band like band practice with my friends. We were like just playing loud instruments <laughs> while, while it went out, and then you know my phone was off. So I, I after that sort of at like eleven p.m. at night, I, I go up the, the little studio and turn my phone, and it's suddenly everyone's you know saying, "Well, you know all this stuff," and at, at that point already, just the flow, the rush, the the sheer speed of, of the notifications. It's almost as if they're not there. Right. So, yeah. I, as strange as it sounds, I, I guess the way that I've dealt with it is almost by ignoring it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a roundabout and, and weird way. Yeah. It would, to otherwise, if you didn't ignore it, I imagine it could be quite overwhelming. I, I, I can imagine so. I, you know, I, I had the thought to myself, you know, I don't want this to, to change, like, the fundamental of who I am. Mm-hmm. And to... to even right now, at this moment, I wonder: it was, is that the truth? Is that so? Am I, am I a changed man at a fundamental level, or am I still the same goofy kid, just with a couple of years on it? Uh, maybe some indeterminable mixture of the two. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's difficult to say because you're talking about a time period from age 17 to 25, which is already a huge... I mean, you change so much anyway in that age frame. So, yeah, you know, how how would you measure whether that was just down to changes anyway and how much that's down to fame or both? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's... For, for me, the, the being plunged into the, the lifestyle... What it did for me was make me able to do the things that I enjoy, mm. and perhaps even in excess, mm. <laughs> as as is the tendency of anyone who suddenly finds themselves able to do kind of what they please. Yeah, so you kind of you do your thing, you kind of go a little a little wild, you, you have fun, you take take a cab to your friend's house, mm. you know, I, you know, it's just little little indulgences mm. really, um, <laughs> and, and then you, you build like this. This, you think, oh, that was a stupid thing to do. I won't do that again. And, and you, it's, it's. I suppose many people experience and, and mm. grow in that same same manner. What's the shortest distance you've gone by cab to a friend's house? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I. Good question. Good question. <laughs> I have, I have to check it myself. Oh, it'd be great if it was just like two doors down. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, not not quite that, no. not quite that, but some yeah. some some ridiculous things. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not indeed? Why yeah. not indeed? If you know, if I think that, that it's it's actually quite healthy to mm. let yourself be indulged in, in whatever foolish thing that your mind may catch itself on. Mm. Um, you know, those little sparks of like, oh, I'm gonna go and do this and that, and those are some of the the, the Cool little exciting moments in life, I think. Mm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, allow yourself a little bit of indulgence, and you learn through that indulgence just mm. how what how far you can go. Yeah, just again, you know, don't take it too far. Mm. Well, do you find that this impacts? Do you, do you get a lot of news reports, or find lots of sort of? Um, because I guess it could go either way. Like, what sorts of stories do you notice being, or narratives being shaped around you? At the time, it was like the the Susan Boyle thing, like the uh, uh, the surprise effect, basically mm. the the mystery box. You you never know what you're going to get. 
and yeah, so it was like comparisons for the most part was was the narrative I felt. Mm. Um, comparisons to uh, previous contestants, comparisons to um, classical singers, which were at the time pretty unwarranted. I think there are some that I might sound a little bit like now, but back then, <laughs> goodness gracious, I've heard some of the the, the audition clip and. I am shocked. I'm shocked that people um, thought that it was deserving of like 120 odd million views. But that's you know that's the like the maturity. The, the, I've done this stuff. I'm, I, I'd like to think if I went and did it now, it would sound a little bit better, just a little bit. But it's you know that's part of the appeal, isn't it? It's the the roughness. The just he's he's this random guy from from Essex. There's a little bit of the appeal to that. I, I lost your original question in in all of this reminiscing, but well, <laughs> no, I mean this is great because the question was around the narratives that are that are interwoven, and you've answered it in a way that this you were sort of put in that kind of category when you mentioned Susan Boyle I guess that the unexpected like you you would turn up on stage people might expect one thing and they get another and that um there's something that appeals I guess to the national particularly in the UK I think the idea of sort of like um supporting the underdog can get behind that kind of narrative and it sounds like you're you're describing that maybe and yeah. I think maybe even it, it might even appeal to like even a more basic sense of like the the human obsession with the illusory, right? Mm-hmm. With how if something appears one way and then ends up being a different way, we are fascinated with it um, in general. I think maybe that like psychologically is something that played into how successful the whole thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like you know, it's, it's a mystery box. You you've got one thing on the outside and another thing coming out of the inside, mm. <laughs> like a magician. Exactly, exactly. Mm. It's a rabbit out of a hat. Mm. Under mm. hat. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, what's that like? Because if I think of it from your perspective, are you okay with that? Does it, <laughs> you know, are you okay with having that narrative put on you? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, the, the reality is that any kind of narrative could be pushed around me, really. Any kind of narrative could be pushed around anyone, mm. if, if you so desire. You can move the pieces as you please. You, you know, but the mm. fact that this this is kind of my story, the, the idea of things aren't always what they seem, I, I think that's a, a fine a fine message. You know, I, I, I suppose the, the implication here is that, oh, look at this creature who stands before you. What is, what is this outcast, this reject? But I've, I've never really interpreted, interpreted it in that way. Mm. I, I've, always, I've always felt pretty much respected. Maybe maybe I should go back and feel incensed in certain ways, but it's it's purposeless, I guess. They, this, those stories are the reason that I'm here, mm. for for you know more or less. Mm. Do you still remember the the audition? Kind of, yeah. It's um, so to to talk you through it. As mm. soon as you mention it, and as when I begin to think of it, it's like old photographs. Old, slightly yellowed by time or, or sepia toned by time and flashes almost in, in my head. I remember the, the moments and I remember them from my perspective, but I'm, they're, they're blending in with the, the camera's perspective as well because yeah. I've, I've had to see that so many times or parts of it. And yeah, so sometimes because of the fallibility of memory in general, I suppose, I wonder, are, are these memories truly my own? Are these feelings that I had on the day? Are those my own, or are they impacted by 
the reaction afterwards. Perhaps they are. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, nice to meet you. Uh, what's the act called? Uh, Charlotte and Jonathan. Charlotte and Jonathan. OK. Um, uh, how old are you both? I'm 16. And I'm 17. OK. Um, and, and you thought the combination would work. Whose idea was it? Um, it was our singing teachers, actually. She thought it'd be good to try us out together. <laughs> and we both sounded quite good when we sang what we did. OK, you're not saying much, Jonathan. <laughs> are you shy? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> I've always had sort of problems with my size since I, I can remember. And when I was in sort of primary school, it was back then really that I had sort of the mick taken out of me and it, it kind of damaged my confidence quite a bit. When, when people would say something to me, I'd just... It'd just take a little piece out of me, in a sense. I'm quite protective of Jonathan. Like, if someone... If I was there and someone stood there and said something to him, I wouldn't sit... I couldn't sit there with my mouth shut. Before you make a judgement on someone, I think you really need to get to know them. It's not... It's clichés, it's not judging a book by its cover. You've got, you've got to read what's inside. Charlotte's been a really big help for me in terms of confidence and making me a better performer. And I really don't think I'd be going up on stage today if I didn't have Charlotte by my side. And do you think you could win? Yeah, together. Yeah. All right, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go.
Yeah, I, I feel as though I remember much of the day. It was it was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day, and um, we were backstage at, at like at the Hammersmith Apollo for quite a while on that on that um, audition day. And there were so many people bustling around, and just occasionally there would be flurries of activity in this waiting room. Uh, people would be taken, you know, um, to be interviewed, and someone would do something funny for the camera, and everyone would be curious about. What in the world is going on? It's yeah, it was a, a circus of atmosphere, a, a, a theatre of all of these different intriguing people. Who all had they all had their their soul to to give to people. I guess yeah, it's it, it's a pretty wonderful wonderful day in, in a in a strange and magical way. What made you want to do it? Uh, it, it was less want. It, it just sort of happened in a way. Charlotte messaged me on Blackberry Messenger to, <laughs> to date the story and just said, do you, do you want to go on, on Britain's Got Talent with me? Yeah. And I, I, had, I dropped out of school. I was, I, I had no heading. Mm. I wasn't sure like what I was going to do with my life. And so I just, I said, yes, or, or, you know, caution thrown to the wind. There is no, there's no way down from here. So here, here we go. Yeah. And I guess the, the rest is televised. It's, it's weird. Mm. You know, that's, that, that's all the, consideration and conversation that I really had about doing it mm. it just happened yeah yeah fair enough and I can hear I can hear from the way that you speak that your your philosophy around it is this is how it was you know it happened it sounds like you're quite happy for however it evolves and however it develops to be I can hear that you're accepting of yeah. that process yeah it's perhaps even a more a more general thing of of accepting one's circumstances Mm-hmm. Um, my, my kind of belief about you know fate in the universe is that it, when you come into existence, it's like you get a string of numbers, almost a string of characters, let's say, and those are kind of determined by your opportunities and the places, you know, all these different factors about that a person can have, and through your actions, through opportunity and all kinds of things, you do have some control over changing those numbers, mm-hmm. but. The overall structure, the idea of the number, the the fate itself is still there. So to fight against that, to struggle kind of without cause is is purposeless. Mm-hmm. That if if you move in the direction of the flow, you can create a branch that mm-hmm. moves up. To just try and cut across, you'll get swept down the river. Mm-hmm. What a lovely kind of image. <laughs> I like that. So if you move with the flow of the energy you create a branch yeah you can yeah you can you can do as you please almost if if you are one with the energy then you are just one and the same you can mm. do as you please but if, as soon as you try and fight that mm. it, it becomes it becomes a losing battle you'd had experiences with bullying in the past and some mental health and struggles in the past and i'm wondering whether what you're describing now in part comes from those experiences of how you, did they teach you to be like that or maybe not maybe i my 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 gut feeling is that these these lessons have come from from more recent times like this okay. you know the, the last four years or just that if you spoke to me sort of maybe five years ago mm. i would be very much fight the man fight the fight everything try and challenge each thing mm. that um that that you come across. And to a degree, there is still a lot of that within me. I, I am very resistant to authority, I suppose. Yeah, there, there's a part of 
part of me that maybe it is from from uh, a long time ago, but for the most part, I feel as though the 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 bullying that I received was, was it was evident, mm. right? You could see that there was a thing different about me, and you could pick that on on a list easy. As much as it may affect me, as as it at the time it hurts, it's just it's it's just a comment in mm. some ways. It's a, an adjective almost. Mm. Um, where you know, I I think about the, those people who for whom it's silent. It's like a silent killer almost. Mm. That's yeah. I guess it relates back to the the the, the fans, the the friends, the family. Mm. Who yeah. I was I was talking with my mum about you know her own struggles and stuff. And for me, it was always on the surface, but but. I realise now that for a lot of people, the, the things that they were picked on for were much deeper. And there were certain things, you know, certain things about my the way that I acted, my attitude. And I was I was an oddball, as as I suppose I am today. And and so there, you know, people would pick apart little aspects of that, but they they could never get to my my core, the core of who I was. Yeah. And that that kind of goes into a whole other thing where yeah. how how can we know the core of a person? How how can we? It, this, it troubles me mm-hmm. that we are so complex mm-hmm. because how how can I ever truly know another person mm-hmm. if if there will always be these hidden aspects that are completely aside complete tangent but just something that I, I was thinking about mm. quite errant yeah no I like it <laughs> it, it sounds like yeah. you're well in the way that you talk that you you quite philosophical in, in that, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean that you know not in I'm not uh, deriding that in any way it's, it's quite heartwarming to to hear yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, it's I don't know uh, I, I guess that it like trying to explain why mm. something happens is like mm. that's that's my like my mind where my my brain gets really caught up is why why do I do this thing mm. that's that's where why do other people do that thing? Mm. It's right back to the start of the conversation of understanding other people. Mm. How, how can we begin to break the barrier mm. between one another? That's, uh, and I, I think that's been like my thesis statement throughout my, my career so far. Mm. It's like, how, how can I get to people? How can I... How can I influence someone? How can I save someone today? If mm-hmm. if if I can do anything, how how can I stop someone from going over the ledge? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think about that a lot at, at the moment, particularly mm-hmm. because the climate of things, of people's mental health, is is in dire need. Mm-hmm. And w- what can I do as a single person? Not much. I can support the people who are around me, um, but of course, it's reform that's needed. As, as is always the case. Mm. Well, this idea of how do you stop people going over the ledge? Did you ever get to that place? Oh yeah, mm. of course. Mm. I've I, you know I've thought about it. I've planned it. I've planned the note. Mm. You know, it's when particularly when I, I, I felt as though I had no heading in life. That's that's a <laughs> that's a horrible horrible feeling. To kind of you're kind of because for a long time, as, as a kid, you're in this box. You are, you're, you're in the box, 
it's the primary school and you go up and you're safe in the box and then uh, a, a job takes you and you're safe in that box mm-hmm. um, and but that that whole system for me completely broke down I, I could it, it was a system that I I didn't want to be a part of and that didn't want to be a part of me and mm-hmm. um, yeah so I, I thought this this is not a world that I can exist in and perhaps in some ways it, it still isn't I've, I've said, you know, many times, if, 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 if I wanted, like, to move out of my parents' house and, and you know, have stacks of cash, I'd be a lawyer or, or something. Mm. So perhaps, perhaps in some ways there isn't room in, in this structure for me, but I will make room. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will carve out, you know... It's, I guess this goes back to, to a few years ago, you know, where I'm fighting authority in a certain way. It's just knowing where to cast your chisel. You, know, you don't cast your chisel at the chest of your fellow man. It's, it's, for, it's for woodworking, <laughs> you know? Mm. Use your tools for the appropriate things. Yeah. I wonder what woodwork you're carving. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> so do I often. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I guess I'm out of out of uh, out of a, a, an entire tree. I'm trying to carve a thread, a thread that connects between each and every person I encounter. Mm. I think to carve a to carve a thread out of wood. Yeah, wow. well, it's a powerful image, and I, I'm wondering whether you felt you had that thread when you were in that place yourself. Yeah, mm. in that in that dark place, mm. deep down. It's um, I, I guess it's when your thread snaps, when the uh, when it splinters, when when yeah, when when you are in that in that place, the it's one of the first things that breaks down. I think mm. is your ability to to get help and to communicate with others. Mm. Um, I heard an, an excellent analogy of of depression kind of being like the, the HIV of the mind, where mm. it's not simply attacking the mind it's attacking its ability to fight back against it mm. it's it destroys the immune system and depression does that for the brain in a way yeah. so that yeah it's that breakdown of communication and perhaps in my own attempting to carve the thread i am trying to give myself uh, or a, a shadow of myself um that closure that connection that i so decided yeah yeah at the core of it there's this real desire to create that thread I'm thinking you know just how far you have to sort of dig deep for that and how far you have to um the strength that you need to to pull out that thread and and fight and the energy of that against this thing that is trying to stop you um yeah yeah and and we are I'm not sure which analogy I'm using anymore. We are we are a spool, a spool of thread, and no spool of thread is is endless. Mm. It's you have to be very very careful just how much thread you let off because mm. if you let it slip and it comes off the spool, mm. there's there's no more of you to to go around. And that that, that I think I, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen fairly recently. People you know who I I respect who have they're gone. It's bizarre. It's a Bizarre thing when you feel as though your your spool is ended and your threads are snapped. Mm. It's these horrible, are, horrible feeling. These are friends of yours, or 
No, they're, yeah. these are, they're not even people that I've met. Mm-hmm. These are like entertainers that I I watched. It's you know, I I did like a I made a post about it on on Instagram actually, just because it it, it, profound, it profoundly affected me. Um, this is uh, Rexel Byron Byron Ernstine, mm-hmm. uh, who you know, a streamer, Twitch streamer, and. It's it affected me profoundly his passing, and so yeah, I, I have to write something about it because I was I was unsure why, what how how someone that I I I'd never met who I I'd watched not even a, a terrible amount of his stuff like, but I I felt so deeply for mm. for this man who I had respected in, immensely. Yeah, it's very sad. Mm. It's sad that that, and it shows how. That those threads that he believed were severed, they were still there for so many people mm. because they felt that thread pull and break. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm great. I, it's it's nice to be able to, to speak in, mm. impassionedly about about stuff. Mm. It's, it's nice. It's this is like a release for me. It's great. I'm glad. Did you find that you did you have people to speak to when you were going through it yourself? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, and um, <clears throat> like while the the miraculous effect of of the, the show can't be sort of taken lightly, it's I, I had a, an incredible support system around me as well. Mm-hmm. I had my, my parents, obviously, um, my sister, and I I did reach out and get therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's not some incredible struggle that I and I, you know, it's, again, these connections are necessary. We, we, we must build these bridges in order to protect ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would you say that this album that you have out now is kind of connected to these themes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's intended to be almost an everyman story. It's about and and about myself in a strange way too. I guess it's being feeling as though you are without, as though you are looking on everyone's fun from from the outside, mm-hmm. um, and as though you are just strange and different. Mm-hmm. Which I think, oddly enough, everyone feels at some point. Yeah. Um, perhaps we are all strange and different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about realizing that those those differences, that the strangeness is the the zest of life. It's the thing that that makes you powerful and beautiful. Those those strange things about each of us, the things that make us different. That's that's the purpose of life. Um, that's that's the like realizing that coming to that self actualization. This character, this every man, every person, is. Mm. moving through that steadily as the songs progress that's what I try to convey at least mm. and if I've understood correctly you wanted to create the album so that it was in sort of like um, in three acts almost like a yeah. musical what would you, how would you describe each of the three acts it's, it, I, I would say it's, it's infancy and then infancy to seniority with, mm. with a little bit in the middle and it's the first section is, is Disney songs mm. so it's my, for me, that, that was my youth. Mm-hmm. My development was all kind of these, these great tunes from, from old, slightly older Disney movies. So it was kind of a no-brainer to put them in. A lot of them contain that same message, that message of believing in yourself and realising who you are. 
it, mm. it kind of yeah, a no brainer for me. And so as as we move through the story, mm. as as the character becomes steadily more and more mature, so to kind of perceptively at least does the repertoire itself. So we start with the Disney songs, which you know, as much as they are really really good, that they could be considered you know for for a younger audience. Well, yeah, they're, they're in kids kids' movies. Right? Mm. I think that's a fine thing to say. <laughs> and so we move to the the sort of more classics, the things that people sort of know through the cultural miasma, even if they don't know exactly where it's from, where they've heard it. It's just stuff that you kind of hear as you grow up, right? It's And that's, that. again, it's steadily progressing through this life. And then we get to the, the super mature, the perceptively mature, at least, classical kind of Italianate, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. And we that's... Alongside that, we get the, the triumphant nature of, of that kind of music, and it's that realizing, that understanding of the self. And you know, we, we reach Ness and Dorma at the end, and that's the like a victory cry, like you're at the top of the mountain, under the top of the mountain of understanding. Mm. And even you know, it brings me to another thing that even when you're at the top of the mountain, you're only halfway there. Right? Mm. There's always a journey back. It's, it's not a full story, it's not a to the end of a person's life story, it's, there's more. There is more out there. Go, be fruitful, live this incredible life, because you can, and you should, why not? What's the journey back for you, do you think? <laughs> Who knows? Mm. Who knows? I'm still, I'm still on my way up the mountain. Mm. Yeah. I'm still on my way up the mountain, for sure. Who, who knows? Who knows if, if I'll ever see... The, the other the, the, the journey home. I'm just perfectly happy to put on the backpack, put on the gear and head up. Fantastic. Is there a song on this album that you like the most or have enjoyed singing the most? <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. It is impossible to, to say. Each of them, because, particularly because of that structure that I gave it, it's each of them has their own place. Um, they are there for a reason. They are they each have their own special meaning to me as well. Mm. So it, it really is, even more so than, than any other album I've done before. It's both my labour and my, my child. Mm. Yeah, so it's to, uh, to pick a favourite would cast all the others as, uh, as though they were somehow any less incredible. I'm so, so happy with it. Yeah. And, and that satisfaction is not something that I feel often. I'm very self-critical mm. uh, when I hear my stuff well yeah I mean you can hear it in, in this when I talked about the old BGT clip mm. it's when I listen to my old stuff I, it, it makes me cringe yeah. but this this album I can listen to it mm. I can actually listen to it mm. for for pleasure just to, to hear it it's crazy <laughs> would you like to sing a little bit of it now I don't know if you're allowed to are you allowed um, to? yeah uh, um <clears throat> I, I, I could put I can put music on or I can just acapella it. Do you want to acapella? Yeah. Go acapella. <laughs> and when you're lost and think no one can find you, I will remind you you're not alone. I will be there. I'll be the one to guide you. My love will be your compass. I will lead you home. Well 
wonderful. Thank you. Do you, what do you feel like after you've sung something like that? Like what's happening to you right now? What do you notice the feeling is like? Well, for, the, for the most part, I, I'm I'm noticing physical sensations, right? Mm. So uh, when when I start seeing, I start to generate heat as soon as I start seeing, and I, mm. I'm not sure. I feel as though I could power some unknown mm. thing right now. Right. So you know, I I, I feel the the slight, not not sting but the little pinprick of, of sweat beginning to form um my my I, I can feel like the lifting of my diaphragm i can feel that i'm even now after that i am intaking more air just through through the same amount of breath it's, it's very strange to explain um my heart is a little it, it it feels as though it just kind of gets going a little more it's you know, it's it's an adrenaline shot almost. Mm. I uh, <laughs> there's because there, it's like the that I love doing it, and also what if I mess up? And there's so many like oh, it, there's so many points at which I could mess up. It's um, yeah, it's it's a riot. <laughs> That's how I feel for some reason. It's it's the the physical that jumps out of me. Mm. Yeah, that's. I think that's really, really interesting about music—the way it is so embodied in so many ways. Yeah, I'm curious about your interest in this particular style as well. Was that always something you were interested in? Um, I I don't tend to listen to sort of classical or crossovery stuff, mm. which I, I guess is probably why you see more of the the contemporary stuff on this album. Mm. It's um. I've I I'm actually a, a huge metalhead. Oh really? I, yeah, that's <laughs> the, the the hair, the, the guitars, the, you know. It's um that's that's sort of my genre passion. Oh, okay. Um, but I think I as as many people will say, I think the two are pretty closely related in very strange ways. But mm. you need the attitude. Okay. The attitude of heavy metal and the attitudes of of, of classical composers are very much aligned. Oh. Um, so there's a little bit of crossover there. I, I the, the thing is, I want to do everything at some point. Mm. I want to try doing all these crazy genres that I like, <laughs> and maybe blending them in with the classical stuff. People always suggest that, but so, it's got to be handled so well. Yeah. I, I find a lot of that stuff really cheesy. Mm. Like the metal opera stuff can get real cheesy, probably because they are so close to one another. It's just that way. Fine for position. It's it's weird to me at least, but it's something. Something one day. Mm. Well, you know what suddenly comes to mind when you say that, ironically, is Bohemian Rhapsody, because they could combined... <laughs> How do you even, like, quantify that into a genre, really? It's, mm. uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is such a... It's an oddity, really, when you look at it. Mm. Among the the hits of the time and the, the body of work that, that Queen did, it's a bizarre song, particularly to, mm. to become, like, this icon. It's really, really cool, mm. How do you see the similarities of classical and metal? Um, like I say, it's, it is a, a lot of it is about the attitude. Mm. The um, there's a sort of like, I guess, kind of kind of how I feel in a way about riding that line of, of cooperating just just enough with the establishment, but also diverging as mm. well. There's that attitude is prevalent in in both styles, I think, and then just. Perhaps this is, I think it's prevalent throughout, you know, all of human history, but the idea of just having kind of, it's it's this very, like, straight, like, on the beat, very, like, there are specific things that you've got to follow, and just saying, nah, 
actually no, actually no. Well, do, do whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Mozart and was like making making little songs about poo and stuff when when, <laughs> when he was young. Like it's that like an anti, you know, kind of going against what it what it's perceived to be. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a really cool attitude to me. Mm-hmm. And and then there are there you could probably get into like harmonic uh, similarities, but that that stuff is all probably best left to someone who like graduated Berkeley. What kind? What metal bands are you into? Or metal singers? Or um, uh, really, really quite heavy stuff. The the band Archspire. Uh, okay. They're a band that I've been listening to a lot. it a few times is this word authority Authority. yeah what's you what what do you have to say to authority right now (laughs) um i mean as as you become older you you realize that that what when you're young you think that authoritarian powers above you are are almost godlike you have no conceptual uh, framework through which you can realise that these are just other people. Mm-hmm. And so as you get older, you realise that, that these other people are are just as kind of clueless as, as mm-hmm. everyone else is. Yeah. So as to what exactly brings them to a place of authority, that's dependent on the system in which we, we subsist, right? So 
in a system, you know, based on, on cash, mm. which is kind of what we live in, then a lot of the times it's based on that. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm. So, you know, authority as a concept, as an overall, is, is kind of fine, but in practice it seems to disintegrate mm. uh, almost completely. Um, yeah, so fr from my, my very sort of naive, like, authority is evil kind of kid mm. thoughts, mm. I think I've kind of gone a little more nuanced about the whole thing. Mm. It's that, and often I feel as though it is people seeking out authority and power that is the most dangerous to the the idea of order. Yeah, because if you seek power, there is some reason for it. And more often than not, it, it appears that those reasons are less than altruistic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you, you meet with that in the industry? Because I, I guess when you're catapulted into that fame, there may be a lot of that happening. People wanting to assert some power or, or squeeze you into a particular direction or, you know, I don't know how you've met with that in the industry. It's certainly prevalent. Mm. I think you'll you'll find it wherever you go, though. Mm. In any place that there is a hierarchical structure, there have been people who, who have wanted me to go a certain direction from, from day one, but but I suppose I don't, I don't consider, though, I consider them almost my peers, really, because we're all, in reality, working on the same playground. Mm. To me, that, that is not authority, mm. in a way. Mm. I, I, it's hard to explain, but I, I think I think that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. that's fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs> no, you're very welcome. Have a lovely day. <laughs> you too. You're Take care. Bye. Is his album Christmas Land on your usual channels online or in store if you're able to get in store. He's also on uh, Twitter at John Anthony. That's John spelt J O N, John Anthony. Don't forget to follow Sound Effects Podcast on Twitter. That's at Sound Effects Pod, effects spelt with an A. Please let me know what you thought of this episode. I love hearing feedback, I love knowing what you thought. You can tweet me or email me at soundeffectspodcast at gmail.com. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review. I love receiving them. I've had um, some really nice reviews so far. Please keep them coming. Just a little bit of news. I've now joined the team at Barrel House Radio. I was kindly approached and um, I've been streaming old episodes of Sound Effects Podcast every Sunday at 12. Then in the new year, 
I'll hopefully begin to make more of a show still focused on music and mental health. You can follow Barrel House Radio at B House Radio on Twitter. I've joined the British Association for Performing Arts Medicine as a registered therapist where I support musicians and as part of that I'm delivering webinars for musicians. The latest one I did was with Mobo Awardees and Peter Whittingham Jazz Awardees which was really exciting. So that's it from me. Thank you so much everyone. Take care everyone and have a really lovely Christmas.